My name is Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or licensed psychologist. Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised, but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears. Welcome to Invisible Tears. I'm Jane, host of Invisible Tears, and I'm here with my co-host, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Jane. How are you doing today? I'm doing better. Um, I've had a pretty good past couple of weeks, so. Good. Yeah, definitely, definitely better. Good. Uh, Glad to hear. I feel like I'm uh, no more fog. Yeah. I think some of the fog was from the RSV. It very well could have been. And I've actually heard from some people that have had to make some unfortunate trips to um, to the hospital lately uh, within the past few days that the hospitals are full. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So um, so it very well could have been residual. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. But the fog is gone and I'm more focused on things and Good. yeah, ready to ready to get stuff done. Good. Ready to get back on track. Yeah. And ready to start doing some podcasting. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. We have we have so many amazing things to share this season. We do. We do. And um one of the things I really want to do this season is focus on um old cold cases, unsolved cases in New Hampshire. Yep. And see, you know, one of the purposes why we're doing this is to, um, one, so people don't forget these cold cases that are unsolved. Absolutely. Uh, Two, maybe somebody knows something and wants to come forward. Yep. And um, three, these victims deserve justice. Absolutely. And if we can have any part of that, mm-hmm. then that's why I'm doing this. I want to be able to help mm-hmm. these cases to find closure and, and answers. And and if telling their story and keeping it out there does that, that's that's the whole purpose why we're doing this. Absolutely. I mean, yes, everyone deserves justice. And Absolutely. so, yes, getting it out there. Even if it's not necessarily new information, just getting the information out there and making sure that people remember these cases, there's a lot that's unsolved. Um, And so, I mean, of course, we're going to start with, you know, our state, you know, where we live. Um, But I mean, that's not to say that we're not going to cover other cases that that aren't in New Hampshire, too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're going to do our part in trying to help. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. So... I came across this case. Not a whole lot of information on it. No. I don't think anybody's ever done a um, an episode on their podcast about this case. Yeah. Um, it's very, 
it's rather disturbing to me. Yeah. Um, one, the lack of information. Two, the lack of attention this case has gotten. Yeah. Um, it just, uh, it doesn't appear like anybody's really advocating for this. Mm-hmm. So I came across this case. It's um, from 2000. Um, and it's the death of a three and a half month old little boy named Jeffrey Trudeau Jr. from Dover, New Hampshire. He had been murdered. They they did finally say that um, his death was ruled a homicide. Yep. And it's still unsolved. Right. It's actually listed on the uh, cold case website. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, It was very hard finding uh, any information online about it. Yeah. I didn't see any paper articles except the initial one announcing that um, he was brought to the hospital unresponsive and had passed away. Yeah, it was really hard to actually find the um, the the actual articles about it and, and anything that was actually found about it. It was very short. It's almost like it was very short, like blurbs, almost like a paragraph. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I found I found nothing on uh, on it on Facebook. Yeah. Like usually when, when somebody passes and their, their cases are unsolved mm-hmm. or whatever, um, somebody creates a Facebook page yep. so that if anybody has in, any information, they can go to that Facebook page and maybe yep. talk about what, what they know or, or even a place for people to go and, and, um, you know, uh, talk about, um, you know, what had happened to him and, yeah. um, you know, maybe pass pass along their condolences or nobody hasn't even uh, done a Facebook page on him. Yeah. Uh, which I was shocked. I was shocked. Yeah. Everything's on Facebook. <laughs> and you're telling me this little three and a half month old baby boy, baby Je- Jeffrey, uh, who was murdered back in 2000. Nobody has taken a minute of their day to make a Facebook page on him. Yeah. So sad. It is. It's like he's for, he's been forgotten. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about him. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about, uh, Amanda, you have a timeline. Yeah. Um, on some things that we have found. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like we said, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of information per se um, w- when we were searching through um, and looking for articles, but we did find a really great resource of someone that had put together any sort of communications that had actually been put out there on tapatalk.com. So that's just a forum, a communication forum. Um, so we're going to make sure and note that we got a pretty good timeline Um from that post that was out there and we can make sure and actually put this link um, in the description so people can read in further detail. Obviously we're not going to read the entire thing, but so people can go to it and read um, in more detail. So Jeffrey Trudeau Jr. was born August 26, 2000 and he died December 7th of 2000. Like Jane said, he was only three and a half months old now. Based off of what we could come up with within this article, it seems like around the October timeline, possibly the end of October, 
DCYF was first called and involved with the family that he was living with because there was a report of an inappropriate dosage of medication that was administered to his older sister. So, Which was one years old. Yep, she was one year old. Um, so again, judging by the wording of this, I, we believe that was around the end of October. Fast forward a month later, on November 27th, he was um, brought into the emergency room with a high fever and vomiting what looked like blood. So the next day on November 28th at the follow-up visit um, at Dover Pediatrics, the doctor that was uh, examining Jeffrey ended up reporting to DCYF that he had found lesions on his neck that looked like old cigarette burns. And he also had abrasions to the back of his neck, right hand, right forearm, and left thigh. So again, this doctor reported that to DCYF on November 28th. And then on December 7th, an ambulance was called to the Dover Housing Authorities for a report of an unresponsive child. Um, The boy, Jeffrey, was taken to... Wentworth Douglas Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, um, the, that day or the very next day, the sister was removed from the home. Yep. And um, an investigation started. So the state medical examiner, Dr. Thomas Andrew, um, in August, August 28th, ruled that the cause of death was fatal child abuse syndrome. Um, And that's when they uh, officially ruled his death a homicide. Right. Which um, fatal child abuse syndrome is abuse over time. Right. So he didn't just be abused that one day. He was obviously abused over time. So he he had older. Older wounds. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was evidence of um, older injuries. Injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, right. so child abuse over time. This child was only three and a half months old. <laughs> Crazy. Let's just put that into perspective, right there. This is the the details that we can find about this case. I I know it infuriates you, Jane, and I can't help but get these waves that keep on coming across me as I think about this. So to have this death be ruled a homicide because of abuse over time. Yeah. Well, let's let's now let's go to the the family and uh, the parents and and who he was around and living with. Right. Okay. Um, He lived with his 24-year-old mother, Christine Turcotti, and his one-year-old sister, mm-hmm. and his father, Jeffrey Sr., 24. He was living elsewhere at the time of his death. Yep. So we don't know exactly how long they were separated. We do know that right after November 28th, when DCYF was contacted, um, she had gone to court and got a restraining order against. Yeah. Uh, Christine, the mother, had gone to court and got 
a restraining order against the father, Jeffrey. Yep. Now, it also did um, briefly say in here that there were other people in and out of the house. Um, uh, some people, maybe a handful of people right. that were, that had some kind of contact with the baby. Yep. So Jeffrey's paternal grandmother said her family had spoken to the police several times. Um, and her daughter, which was not Christine, but her daughter had kept a detailed journal of all the events since Jeffrey's death. Now, the paternal grandmother says her and her daughter cared for Jeffrey and his sister for a week shortly before Jeffrey's death. Mm-hmm. And they claim that Jeffrey had no injuries when the child was returned to their mother on November 21st. So between November 21st and November 28th is when his injuries happened. Yep. Because if the grand- grandmother doesn't re- remember seeing any injuries on the 21st, mm-hmm. but the doctor reported on the 28th. Yep that there were injuries. Yeah. So I don't understand. <laughs> so getting into the investigative part of this, mm-hmm. there is so <laughs> many questions I have. I don't understand. There, there was only a handful of people in that week's time mm-hmm. that had any contact with that baby. Yeah. And you're telling me what I'm reading is this case is still unsolved. It is. 21 years later. This case is still unsolved. 22 years later. And I don't understand it. I don't either. One of those people that had any kind of contact with Jeffrey during that week of November 21st and November 28th knows something. Mm -hmm. This is a three and a half month old baby and nobody's saying anything. Now, I'm sorry, but, and I I don't mean to judge the mother because we really don't know the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But the baby is three and a half months old. Being a mother, you bet your ass that while I'm changing that baby and while I'm taking care of that baby and changing clothes and uh, giving baths during that week, you bet your ass I would notice any kind of bruises. Yeah. I would notice cigarette burns. Yeah. I would notice anything like that. And you bet your ass I would be finding out who the hell is doing this to my baby. Right. And you bet your ass I would be saying something. Yeah. I mean, as a mother, I would be the first one that would want some kind of justice for the death of my child. Yes. Or any abuse of my child. This baby was three and a half months old. And it just baffles me. It baffles me too. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. I mean, even if um, 
you know, somebody else in the house isn't related to this baby, but is around this baby or knows this baby and knows something and doesn't want to come forward. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you. This is a three and a half month old baby that has no voice. This child died at the hands of someone. Yep. It was not an accident. And nobody wants to come forward to to report what they know. Right. Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. I have I have absolutely no clue. I just um this whole case baffles me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and and to think after 22, 21 or 22 years after his death, baby Jeffrey, it's as if you go online, it's as if, yes, his homicide happened. There's a little uh, thing on the cold case files, mm-hmm. but it's as if he has no advocate out there. Yeah. Nobody to advocate for this little boy, this little baby Jeffrey. Yeah. Why is nobody keeping his story out there, talking about his murder, talking about his unsolved murder, mm-hmm. and wanting justice for this little boy? Yeah. And um, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to try my best to start advocating for this little boy. Um, this is not our only episode on little baby Jeffrey that we're going to do. No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, I hope that somebody that's listening to this, you know, is a part of the family or knows the family or something. Reach out to us. Uh, We want to try and understand. We want to try, like Jane was saying, it's just, it's crazy that it doesn't, it does not appear as if anyone is advocating for this child. Um, I, I, and and we're baffled. We would we would love to hear more. We would love to um, we would love to speak with some people um, that knew this child or or knew the family. Yeah, and Amanda, I mean, we want to keep his story out there. Yeah. Um, as long as it's unsolved, I want to talk about it. Yeah. As long as it's unsolved, I want to I want people to know his story. Yeah. I want people to know that this is unsolved, and. I believe the more people that know, maybe there's a possibility more more information will come forward. People will come forward with information. Maybe, um, you know, if you if you're out there and you're listening to this, and you know something, come forward. Absolutely, there's a there's a way to come forward to anonymously. Exactly. I mean that there's there's anonymous uh, numbers and even. As I'm sitting here and looking at the um, the cold case um, on the New Ham- the state of New Hampshire cold case website, there is a link at the end of his blurb that's on there that says, you know, use our tip form. And, and, and that's anonymous. Um, yeah. If you know something, say something. Exactly. It's been 20 plus years. This baby Jeffrey deserves some kind of justice he does you know i've also been trying to find um where he's possibly buried mm-hmm. because i would love to uh go to his grave and and pay my respects and and mm-hmm. you know leave a toy yeah 
Um, and let him know that, you know, I'm going to make it so that he's not forgotten. Right. I'm going to, um, definitely start talking about this a lot more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like I said, this will not be our last episode on baby Jeffrey. Yeah, no, definitely not. And if you are, if you, if you do know this case, if you are trying to keep this case, you know, um, keep it out in the, out in the public trying to start some sort of forum or Facebook group or anything like that. And it's something that we just haven't found and we don't know about it. Please let us know because we would love to help and be part of that group and help bring awareness to that group. The more eyes that are on these cases, the more of a chance that someone's going to come forward. There's going to be some sort of tip. Somebody's going to remember something. Um, And even if you don't think that it's significant, sometimes the smallest piece of information is. Exactly. Yep, exactly. I mean, you may not have been there or witnessed anything, but you may have heard conversation about it. Yeah. That is important. That will help the authorities come forward, go on the tip line, share what you know. I mean, think about it. This is a little three-and-a-half-month-old three and baby. Um, somebody knows something. I mean, a little baby just doesn't, uh, uh, you know, accumulate injuries yeah. over a month. Mm-hmm. And... and to himself, right. um, you know, somebody did this to him, yeah. And um, you know, there were some older injuries, yeah. So it's definitely someone that had been around this baby not once, but more than once, yeah. And uh, yeah, this little baby needs justice, justice yeah. for Jeffrey. Exactly. Um, but I, I mean, if you want to start, you know, if somebody does have a forum or something out there, yeah, please contact us. We can help you. Um, and uh, we're definitely going to have something on our Facebook page about him. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had a picture of him. Yeah. Uh, that's something else. We yeah. we couldn't even find a picture. Yeah. No, even on the cold case him. website, there's no photo available. No, no photo at all. So, so yeah. I mean, I would love uh, love to be able to put a a photo up but um we don't have access to that right now but i hope you know somebody's listening and uh maybe this tugs on your your conscience and your your heartstrings a little bit and uh you'll make that call absolutely please Uh, do but this is what we're gonna do we're gonna start uh talking about cold cases and uh making sure these cold cases that are unsolved are not forgotten. Um, you know, family needs some answers. Um, families need uh, uh, a little bit of closure. Yeah. And these victims need justice. They deserve justice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, New Hampshire, I, I'm just so, I'm going to go into this, Amanda, a little bit. Because I just get so frustrated with New Hampshire authorities. I mean, like with baby Jeffrey. um, You know, if I was his mother, I'd be at that AG's office every single flipping day Mm -hmm. and saying, look, you know, 
there's not a whole lot of people out there for you to suspect. Mm -hmm. Let's find some answers. I want justice for my baby. I mean, we need to start going up to that AG's office with these cold cases, with these unsolved cases, and start making them do their jobs. I mean, this case kind of reminds me of Trish Haynes' case, Mm -hmm. where they know who killed Trish, but yet these people are still walking. These people have never been charged. You know, it's just, it blows my mind. Yeah that there's so many of these cases that are unsolved, that should not be unsolved, that are solvable. Right. But yet our AG office in New Hampshire doesn't seem to want to put any closure on these cases. And I just don't understand it. And it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to go on that cold case uh, website in New Hampshire and see the amount of unsolved cold cases in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, Yeah, people say, well, that's everywhere. But if you take the state of New Hampshire and and the amount of people that live in New Hampshire, and then you compare that to a larger uh, state like Massachusetts, which has... A, a larger population, and you look at their cold cases. New Hampshire has way too many yeah. unsolved cold cases. Yeah, way too many, and I see so many that are so solvable. Yeah. So many that should be solved. Yeah, I, I think we really need to. Um, people need to write to them. Yeah, tell them they need to start doing their jobs. Yep. Why isn't this solved? Why isn't this solved? Why isn't my case solved? Right. You know, Trish Haynes, Maura yeah. uh, Murray. Yeah. Um, you know, I can go on and on. Yeah. It, it's it's frustrating, and I just don't understand it. I don't, don't understand it. But we're going to keep talking about these cold cases, and we're going to start... We're going to keep talking about these unsolved cases. Exactly. And uh, if I have to do it, if I have to talk about a case 50 times, I will. As long as it's unsolved, I will talk about it. Yeah. Because people need to hear. Mm-hmm. People need to know. Absolutely. And the more people that know, again, some someone may come forward with something, some sort of you know pertinent piece of information. But also, the more that we talk about it, the more people that hear about it the more that it gets out there about any of these unsolved or cold cases, the more the state will have to recognize and the more it will actually light a fire under the authorities um, to start, you know, at least providing answers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some sort of answer. Exactly. Um, exactly. As to, as to, you know, what, it, what is, what sort of update. Yeah. Do we have on the case? Yeah. Um, is anything happening? Um, a lot of times with the cold cases, I mean, it's it's exactly the name. It's cold. Mm-hmm. So what is happening? What can happen? Is this case still active? Is baby right. Jeffrey's case still active? Yeah. Is it an active case? I mean, mm-hmm. 20 plus years later. That's. I think that's what blows my mind a lot. I think about it. Like when I first read it, I almost thought it was like, 
um, a case from like 2021. Right. Right. And then I reread it. I'm like, holy crap, this case is 20 years old. Right. And not solved. Mm-hmm. And there could only be a handful of people. I mean, he'd be 22 today. Yeah. To put that into perspective. Yeah. He would be. Yeah. Poor little baby Jeffrey. I don't know. I don't either. You know, and, and I know some people are going to say um, and, and want us to talk about DCYF in the state of New Hampshire because uh, since the whole Harmony Montgomery, Montgomery uh, yeah. incident, mm-hmm. her murder, um, they've been hearing a lot of backlash and receiving a lot of backlash. And, you know, I get that DCYF is, um, has case overloads. Yeah. I get that they are extremely busy. Um, I think I read somewhere there was like, uh, they report to like 12,000 cases a year of child abuse or child neglect. Um, I get that. But when you have physical, (laughs) physical evidence of a child that is receiving abuse. Yeah. I think, um, that take that, that case takes high priority. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that they all don't because they all do. Yeah. But when there's physical abuse, um, like Jeffrey's, um, very evident, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of evidence there that he was physically abused. You gotta remove the child. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta remove the child. And, uh, you know, the doctor reported that on November 28th, mm-hmm. December 7th, yep. he perished. Right. Nine days later. Nine days later. Who's, I mean, there's a good possibility had they removed that child from that home, that Jeffrey would probably still be here. He might be. We don't know. We don't yeah. know because they didn't remove him from that home. Yeah. We're going to be doing follow-ups after follow-ups after follow-ups on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be um, hitting the streets and talking to people. And uh, if you know anything, contact us. Uh, you want to talk about Jeffrey's case. You uh, are like a third or fourth party. And you know someone that knows someone that knows someone that knew Jeffrey. Yep. And you want to talk about this. Contact us. Yep. Would love to have you on um, and have you share more information about him because we will be addressing this again. Yep. And even if you um, and even if you do want to uh, come forward with some sort of information, something that's not published or anything like that, and you're not comfortable actually coming onto the podcast, still reach out to us. Uh, We can always relay the information for you. Some people don't like to actually be recorded and that sort of thing. So we're we're completely respectful and mindful of that. Um, but yeah, if you have, if you have any sort of information, any sort of further information for us, please contact us. With that, I think. I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, 
where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in-person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15-minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.